C'est bon Yes. Okay. Text me to play by play. Wait, what? I don't watch the game. Your goal shouldn't be to buy players. Your goal should be to buy wins. All right, welcome everyone to the Analyze Data podcast. I'm very excited. This is our first uh, episode. This is going to be in English, as most of the content on the website. We will do episodes in French, we promise, because, well, Cédric and I, we are francophone, uh, you know. So this is going to be like an introduction podcast. We will like talk about us a little while, just, just a short little while, and then talk about the project, why we are doing this. Uh, what's on the website, what's going to come on the website, because it's always in development, you know. And we got some great questions for you that we will uh, answer at the end of the podcast. But uh, yeah, first thing first, Cédric, good morning. Salut. Salut Thibaut. Hi everyone. So yeah, my name is Cédric Hamkaj. I'm the creator of Analyze Data. Uh, a quick presentation of myself. So my day work is data or business analyst, and I have a background in finance and economics. So why did I launch Analyze Data back in 2019? So yep. I launched Analyze Data because I was already gathering some stats on my side and also because I thought that at the time we weren't using statistics enough to analyze hockey in Switzerland. So I thought there was an opportunity to, to develop something. So yeah, uh, in terms of statistics that you can find on analyze data, just know that there aren't only uh, advanced statistics. The goal is to have a platform that can be used by anyone from fans, but also to professionals, whether they are journalists or coaches or even players. So there was, well, the reason why I did this was because there was a strong contrast between what I could read or hear in Switzerland and what I could see in North America, especially for the NHL. So I thought that there was something missing here in Switzerland. So now, two years later, there has been some progress. We're talking more and more about uh, statistics through uh, the broadcasters that is my sport or even in journals so that's that's a good news but do i still think that it's enough i'm not convinced yet and that is probably why we launched this project but we'll talk about that later so what about you thibault yeah and just you, you were inspired by all the websites that were created for the nhl in north america right yeah exactly uh, i mainly uh, used Evolving Hockey and uh, Hockey Viz by Mika to develop my website. So, of course, today I'm far from their final product, but uh, there's a hope that one day we'll get closer to them. Yeah, so for those who don't know, in uh, when the NHL released their, um, let's say, the play-by-play data, like all the shots, all the face-off, all the, you know, back in 2009, I think, or 2010. Um, so the first people tried to grab that data and build some websites, like the one you know today, like Analyze Data. But uh, so some websites were created, like the first ones, War on Ice, and then you had um, Corsica and now Evolving Wild, etc. And, you know, those websites 
really brought the, the, the statistics to the public and allowed the public to see the game through uh, another angle. And it, it's really been an inspiration for everybody in the statistical community, really. So I was very glad to see that Cedric had launched something like this in Switzerland, um, getting the, the, the data from the league and, and building the website like you did. Yes, and what's good about uh, what's being done in the NHL is that they have more data to work on. And we unfortunately don't have the same depth of data here in Switzerland. And yeah, we'll talk about our project later, but we hope to to yeah to um, replace that void that uh, currently exists here. So Thibaut, uh, why did you launch Magnus Corsi back in... 2018, 19? Yeah, 2018. Um, so, so my name is Thibaut. Um, I was born in France, but I, I live in Montreal since... I've been living in Montreal since 2011, 10 years now. So I'm pretty much more Canadian than French right now. Um, so when I turned back to my you know, homeland, uh, France and the Ligue Magnus in 2018, there was pretty much nothing. That's That's very... You know, small leagues. I'm not insulting everybody. Everybody knows that there's you no know, not much budget, and basically all the stats that the, the league is collecting are goals, assists, um, plus minus, and face off. That's it. So you know, a couple of people reached out to me, say, "Hey, do you know anything like where we can find stats on on, on the league Magnus?" And I say, "Honestly, I don't know." So I try to do like a pilot run during the 2018 playoffs, collecting data myself by hand. And um, it really worked. It really worked. It grabbed attention, uh, you know, on, on Twitter and Facebook from the public, from the media. Um, by the time it was the, the, the final um, series of the playoff, I was um, providing data for um, L'Equipe TV, which was the, 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 the TV broadcasting the games so there was really there really was an interest um so it was not just me after that it was uh, a group of volunteers people uh, that did an, an amazing work for two seasons collecting data by hand uh, we tracked all the games in the league over that span of time like all the shots attempts so we got from all the shots attempts, scoring chances creating my own expecting gold models uh we got um player statistics as well, etc, etc. Et um, got amazing feedback from the teams, coaches, uh, medias, um, and, and the fans. So that was really, really an amazing experience. It took a lot of time. Honestly, it took a lot of time to track all those games. So two years ago, I decided to um, stop that. Well, one year ago, actually, one year ago. But two years ago, I turned to your own Switzerland National League as well, and because I wanted to track that eye on a better league, one of the best in the in the world, um, honestly, and uh, one of the best in Europe. So the past two seasons, I've been tracking data on the National League, uh, data that are not available otherwise um, publicly, like anything about transitions, on exits, on entries, high danger passes. Um, shot assists for players, zone denials for defensemen, uh, a huge bunch of data on goaltenders as well. And honestly, the, from the moment I turned my eyes to Switzerland, I I saw that's what Cedric was doing and I contacted him and then we've been like chatting pretty much every day since um, over on Twitter and WhatsApp. And we always said that 
if one day I decide to do another public project, we will do something together on Switzerland, right? So, um, so this summer, uh, it took a little bit of time to say, hey, okay, let's do that. And that's why we launched the project. Yeah, exactly, Thibault. So during the summer, you, we talked about our, our last project uh, that we did during the, 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 the National League playoffs back in, uh, back in, uh, in April, I think it was. Yeah. And it worked pretty well, I think. We, we decided to analyze um, playoff game through the, the work that uh, Thibault did. So he tracked, uh, I would say, most games during the playoffs and we analyzed them uh, through Substack. Yeah, the semifinals and the finals. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, it got a pretty good return. And then we decided to continue our project, but this time not for the playoffs, but for the world championships. And there we, again, we saw a great return. We had many readers on our blog. So, yeah, it was quite successful. And what, during the summer, I would say during the middle of the summer, we were wondering if it could be possible to have something similar, but this time for the whole season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've been doing so much work. This, this, I almost forgot we did the playoffs and the World Championship last year. <laughs> so yeah, that was kind of a that was kind of another pilot run. You know, tr myself tracking the games manually and you, uh, you know, analyze it um, with your eyes as well, of using your knowledge of the leagues and the player. <clears throat> so yeah, that worked pretty well, as you said. Um, great returns from the public, from the medias as well. They were pretty happy to have stats available as always. So. There is always like an appetite uh, for statistical analysis. And, and just to be clear, when we say statistical analysis, it's not just stats. Um, we watch the games, obviously. This is how we track the stats by watching the games. Um, to give an example, to, to track stats manually, like for both teams and at least the players on one team, it takes me like two and a half hours to watch 60 minutes of play. So like basically go back and forth and watch every second of the game at least twice. So yeah, we watch the games. So when we say statistical analysis is giving our feedbacks on one games or multiple games or over a season or team or player based on what we saw with our eyes and based on the stats that came out of those games as well. So it's really combining the stats and the eye test, as we call it, as everybody's calling it. So when we say statistical analysis, it's not just stats, it's everything, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what makes it interesting for everybody because we just we don't just analyze what's happening on the eye through statistics. We really yeah combine both what we see and what we track as statistics so i think i really think that there's value in in having both in our analysis yeah and um like obviously i have a day job as well and i work in marketing research so basically my whole professional career has been to gather data from surveys or tracking and get them into perspective to get the best insight out of them so the readers can quickly grab um, what happened whether it's on for an industry or on high hockey game 
So as you know, you see that it's the same work that Serik has done for the website is trying to provide the stats, but in the best user-friendly form as possible. It's not just those, you know, uh, throwing a bunch of stats at people and say, okay, you you take care of it and you uh, you find out what happened. Now we want to be there to accompany the readers as much as possible. And that's why we created all those new visuals, you know, using uh, graphs and colors um, and, 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 and the logos and, uh, and you know, differentiating like five on five from power play shots on the shot maps or, you know, getting as user-friendly as possible. That's, that's really our goal. So it's, it is for the graphs, it is for the articles, it is for the website. So the readers can really get the best outcome possible from our work. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So maybe we can spend now some time to precise a bit what we what we offer on our website yeah. and our on our new platform. So maybe Thibaut, I will let you introduce because what's new on the website mainly comes from your work. So I'd say that you're the most appropriate person to talk about it. Yeah, sure. So, well, that's there is one reason for that is that all the work you did those past seasons, say like, you know, was available for free on Ellenized Data. So it would have been really unfair to um, put all that work behind a paywall now. Yeah, and sure. And we, we, we agreed on that from the start. So everything that was on Ellenized Data before, like, team stat, everything you get from the league, team stat, player stats, um, is remaining free of access. So that's why the new content that is behind the paywall actually comes from my work per se, but it's not my work, it's our work. So it's gonna include, so every, obviously as many articles as possible. So we try to write not once per day, because I mean, there is a lot of work to do to, uh, you know, take care of the website and actually track the data. Um, but, uh, you know, it can, it can be um, a game report, like pretty big games, like we, we are recording this on Thursday and uh, hopefully we're going to track the Lausanne-Genève game uh, tomorrow, because that's pretty 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 big game from uh, Roman clubs. And then we have a report about, you know, what happened in the game, giving out the visual, giving out, you know, what we see, a couple of video clips as well, because that's really helpful. Um, you did a great analysis on the Romain Lawful signing in, in Bern, for example. Um, as the season goes on, we will get into, you know, team performance analysis, like what's happening with that club or that club, or what's happening with that player. Uh, why is he so good or why is he in a bad, you know, uh, bad trend right now so that, that that's for the articles um, in terms of the new page so there is everything about game reports the data we track um, that's basically the stuff you saw already for the playoffs games and the world championships um, so now you have access of to all of those visuals so you have the like the game summary the shot reports uh, transition data you have the player game card where you can obviously select any players you want and uh, you can see his game card, the goalie game card, um, and pretty basic tables as well to get all the numbers on transition and shots for the players. Uh, we have a bunch of stuff, obviously, on game prob probabilities. 
that's something that really worked in France. So uh, I, I, I told Cédric uh, that we should do that and, and you agreed and you, you did it in the past as well on, on your side. Um, so it's given like, we have a model assessing the roster strength of one team so we can predict like okay tomorrow Zug is favored to win the game 55% they have a 55% probability of winning the game against the other team um, and then from that we can derive a projecting standings from the end of the season because we project all the games yet to come and we had we had the points that already happened basically and then we can already project the playoffs just for fun um, we also give some uh, betting advice from a model we built uh, last year over uh, over several leagues. Um, so we have a model that, objectively and independently from our perspective, say that okay, based on the game probabilities and the odds that the bookmakers are giving, the model thinks we should bet on that team that day um, because it it matched like the risk and the reward that we want. Um, so we have we have pages on the rosters and players data, obviously that you saw when we were previewing all the teams, uh, giving points projections for all players, giving what well, we use winchers uh, to give an overall assessment of one player, like how much, how many wins that player is gonna bring to his team over the season. That's maybe a little bit detail we come back to that maybe in another episode um, and giving like uh, stats from the database I tracked over the past two years you know on basic stuff like transition shot shot assist play building where that player ranks in the league um, over the season we have the, the the team statistics page where every games we track has gonna uh, is gonna have some data on you know how teams are scoring goals you can actually see where the puck went before the goal was scored. Uh, you can you can switch from five on five or play short and do it and see every team's how they scored their goals, where they screening the goalie, um, where they making the goalie move as well, uh, where they using the Royal Road, uh, that kind of stuff. How, how scoring chances are, are created. Um, any transition stats, obviously, zone exit entries like. Zone exit bypass success percentage, you will find it, that kind of stuff. Um, same thing for players. So using the database from the past two years, we have a sample large enough for every players and, and the data we're going to track over the year uh, on all of those stats. Um, and we have, uh, it was pretty fun, the hockey manager page. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we developed, it was a bit of a last minute thing, but um, we were... Yeah, we had a lot of fun developing those tools for our key managers, like comparing our points projections uh, for all the players to how much they cost in our key manager, uh, trying to think uh, and to project how every player is going to do this year, um, project how many penalty minutes they're going <laughs> to they're going to take uh, based on the on the past season, that kind of stuff. So yeah, that's pretty pretty long because there is a lot of stuff. I think there is forty. Pages. Yeah, something like that, I would say. Uh, 40 new tabs on the website, so there's a lot to do, but everything is uh, is available to subscribers. Yes, perfect. And 
about the last tool that you mentioned so okay manager we'll try to add more and more uh, content to it so so we'll we'll also try to make some articles about strategies and etc so yeah stay tuned about this part of our project yeah because i mean like we said before we make all those stats page available and the charts and everything is as nice as possible and user-friendly as possible but we do know it's still kind of hard when it's your first time coming into contact with let's see what we call advanced stats, advanced stats or whatever analytics so the articles are there to help you along the way and put stuff into perspective exactly like you said like okay there is the hockey manager okay, you know, like the uh, points projection divided by value like how much point are you going to get for each million spent um, but yeah we we will like do an article explaining how that works and like we did an article explaining how the windshare system works to project players and teams um, we're going to have articles about explaining what expected goals are. Um, I think it's pretty still useful to explain all of that. Um, maybe an article explaining, giving all the list of the, all the stats we track. Uh, an article explaining how we track, uh, for example. I mean, we want, we want to explain the data as much as possible. Yeah, I think that's one cool part of it because people will also see what it looks like to have an analyst working on on all these things. And yeah, that's something that is currently quite, I would say, not transparent here, at least in Switzerland. So that's cool. So also to be fully transparent. So at the beginning, we were talking about having at least one game recap uh on our website uh, after the games but we've ran into some problems with our video provider so maybe timbo you can just talk a little bit about that yeah exactly so my issue is uh so as i'm living in uh, in canada i cannot access my sports um so i have to go through the official video platform of the national league for people living outside of switzerland and Liechtenstein. um so that gives me the ability to watch the game live and track them live if the feed works uh, which is not always the case it was it was working pretty good for the playoffs but this season so far there have been some difficulties like i don't, I don't want to get into technical issues but like i'm starting to track a game and like obviously I'm going back and forth to to see some sequence another time to make sure like where the shot was or if it was a rebound or something. And then what happened a couple of times, like I was trying to do the Zug Lausanne from this week and then the, the, the stream stopped. So I had like to refresh the page and the game, the stream started again, but it was like three minutes later. So I had lost three minutes of the game that I will not get back before the next day when the replay will be uploaded on the website. So that means I could not track the whole game that day and write an article because I, I will be missing a part of the game and it could happen later. So I had just had to stop and move on to another game. So, um, and the replays were only uploaded the next day, but we talked to the, to the, to the, um, to the platform managers. They're pretty friendly and uh, we've talked before and they, they're working on fixing those issues. So obviously it's gonna obviously it's gonna go well. Um, 
but we are already looking into other solutions to get um, video capacities as fast as possible. So that should be fixed for the future. And yeah, we promised you that we will track and get a, re a recap on at least one game per game day. So that's still the objective. Yeah, thanks. So maybe now we had quite a couple of questions from some of our subscribers, some people that follow us on social media. So maybe we'll just get through to them. So the first question we had was from Dominic Stifler. So his question was, do you feel like Swiss hockey media, the federation clubs do enough to get fans educated on analytics? respectively, should they do that? So maybe I will start on that part. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Oh, well, I think that yeah, the Swiss hockey, well, let's say world, maybe do does not enough to promote uh, statistics, at least in the public side. So yeah, as I said before, that's why I I launched Analyze Data two years ago. So there's a bit of an answer into that. And should they do that? Should they promote statistics? Yeah, I think this is the case because uh, it promotes the game finally. And uh, it helps people understand what happens on the ice. Maybe not everyone is interested into that, but we think with Thibaut that there's enough people among fans that are interested in knowing more about the game. So, yeah, I think there's interest to that and the league should def definitely do it. Um, and the next part of Dominic's question is, what do you think of projects like the CHL, including expected goals in their live ticker? So, Thibaut? Yeah, just to... Um... To go back on the, on the previous question, I think, yeah, obviously that's why we're doing that, that, that project. That's why you launched Analyze Data. That's why I did the Magnus Corsi thing in France. And that's why we're, we're working together. There is enough interest among the public, among the media as well, the media members, um, and obviously among the team members, uh, coaches, players, um, for analytics to develop that side of the game. I mean, it happened in pretty much every sports uh, in the world, obviously, it started with like baseball and uh, American football and, 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 and basketball and even the NHL right now are deep into analytics. So soccer is, is uh, soccer. Yeah, <laughs> European football, sorry, is, uh, is deep into that as well. I mean, if you watch a game of English Premier League right now, you're going to see expecting goals showed up on screen um, by the TV. I mean, like you... you We've seen Arsene Wenger talk about expecting goals on, on, on a TV broadcast. It's, it was not necessarily open to the public, but it was already, already there, uh, like behind the curtains, kind of. So it would be kind of crazy and silly to think this is not good for hockey or anything. It, it's just developing the game. Like you said, there's enough people interested into that to... Uh, to have them, and that's what they are doing right now. Uh, you know the um, the league, all the clubs in the league, and the broadcasters have an official provider for statistical uh, analysis, which is Forty Nining, 
and like you've seen if you watch the game this season like between the periods you've seen those short maps and you've seen expecting goals value already and uh, i don't know how they call it it's not a game flow but the uh, momentum i think momentum yeah uh, to see you know when which team was dominating the game kind of so it's there and if it's there it's because they know there is an appetite um so we still exist obviously because we go so much more in depth than that for the people that are interested obviously um, but yeah it, it's developing so yeah you were talking about the chl what they're doing yeah so so they're doing a great job i think they're explaining on their website how it works and what it means and they're sharing it for every game so they have live tweeting about the statistics for fans so i really think that's maybe one street that the league should go in in fact they are already present on social medias and etc so maybe also a broadcaster like my sports could do it i think that there's an opportunity to do it and well as we said before we are still developing our website and that's maybe one thing that we will add in the future yeah you want you're you're going to build those because uh, there is the games that I track manually, but I cannot do all the games, obviously, and not in, in, in live. But you had those before, and you're going to build a new version of uh, kind of a game summary thing with, like, the basic information, I think, shot map, game flow, uh, you know, five-on-five five stats, power play stats. And for the games we do not track, to, to get a recap uh, quickly, like, as soon as the game ended, and eventually and, and naturally is going to be live as well so we will be able as well to get those stats live uh like between periods of stuff yeah so about the chl they also have a few more stats as compared to the national league so that's good they have more details about players so they have statistics like uh, course c or position statistics for players and that's really something that is clearly missing in swiss hockey well, as I said before, North America was a source of inspiration for us. Uh, websites like Evol Evolving Hockey or Hockey Visa are a great example of that. But they are also have more um, public data available than what we have here in uh, Switzerland. And maybe we can talk about uh, what's happening uh, in other places in Europe, so maybe Thibault a little bit uh, more about that. Yeah, because I mean, obviously this it's it's great that um, it's developing in in Switzerland and uh, but it's developing everywhere. So if if we're actually comparing, Switzerland is is a bit behind the other big league in Euro in Europe. Um, in Sweden, they they have had analytics like not only expecting goals or, or um, shot attempts, Corsi, whatever, but also players data, like full players data, Corsi by player, expecting goals by player on their website for a um, couple of years now, even more. Uh, in Finland as well, in SM Liga, everything is on their website for free. Um, in in Germany, the DL, everything is on the website. And you, obviously, Cedric and, uh, and Daniel, our friend, you did a project on that thanks to those data um khl is the same so yeah it's it's happening everywhere yeah i think that switzerland have yeah some 
work to do on that side. So maybe it will come later, but we do not have any information about that. And 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 to be clear, and uh, actually it's going to lead to the next question, uh, which was from Tom Mayo asking: Is there, you know, different approaches regarding analytics between the teams in National League? Um, just to be clear, so like we said, all the teams are provided by one official provider, which is 49ing. And the teams uh, got all those advanced stats, all those analytics. Uh, 49ing is, is not only providing shots and, and expecting goals, of course, they're providing data on, on transition, on um, you know defensive metrics, and they have uh, they are the provider for anything video related, like the... Uh, they cut the, the the games, the sequences, so the video coach have an easier job, easier job on the on their side. So they do all of that. It's just not available to the public. Um, it's only for the uh, only for the teams, and they're selling it to uh, to some of the media as well. The one thing is that, and that's something you see everywhere. And that's actually from the NHL to a lower league like France or you know, Great Britain or whatever people I've been talking to. Um, it's one thing to have a tool available and it's another thing to actually use it. So, and again, it's the same everywhere. So from what we know from talking to coaches and players in, in, in many different leagues is that you can have the best tool available like like uh, like 49ing, like um, the Canadian Sport Logic in that have an official contract with the the Swedish uh, SHL as well. But if you don't have anybody that knows how to use that tool, that understand the stats, that understand what they mean, that understand how they're collected, that understand which one are more important than the other ones, then that tool is pretty much useless. And that's that's something we heard everywhere, and this is where we believe. I guess you feel the same, Cedric. Is that there is still a lot of um, learning to be done and teaching to be done um, for the coaches and players. Younger players get interested into that as well. Uh, got many players coming to us asking questions. Hey, I want to stand that. Uh, why I, why I have those stats on 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 my report. Um, and the thing is, they don't always have the time. You know, they have their own jobs. Uh, head coach, assistant coach, they have pretty busy days, as you can imagine. So apart from the summertime, they don't really have the time to like get five to 10 hours deep into learning um, the different stats and which ones are important and how they can, how they can implement them into their daily routine or how they can use them in their scouting uh, for other teams or player analysis, etc., etc. So what's happening is that they're gonna get those new tools. They're gonna grab a couple of stats they pretty much understands, but it's gonna remains pretty simple, like scoring chances or uh, you know turnovers, takeaways. They're gonna look at faceoffs, actually things that were available before, and that's it. So one thing is because they don't have the time. And the second thing, more important, is that because they're not trained or they do not understand what they're looking at. And again, this is where we want to have an impact uh, as much as we can, obviously, to our own uh, scale, but uh, into explaining 
how stats can be useful into understanding the game. The point is that you maybe need to have some people working directly on this subject for these teams because at least they would provide a tool or um, reports that are completely designed for them. And maybe that's also some of the issue that we talked earlier about. So, yeah, you can have the best tools in the world, but if you don't understand them, if you don't translate what they mean, etc., you won't get the full uh, potential of the tool uh, at the end. So, yeah, maybe where Switzerland is behind is first in terms of what is available in the public sphere, and second, analysts or people dedicated to uh, working on statistics within clubs. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and to, be, to be honest and clear, I mean, it's still a new field. Statistics like, like video analysis was a new field 15 years ago. Um, like nutrition was a new field five years ago. Uh, like off-ice training was a new field 10, 10 years ago. So, and especially, I mean, in, in period of COVID, it's not a budget that teams are willing to spend a lot on yet. Um, obviously, the NHL in the NHL you have from one to five analysts per team. Uh, you know, uh, if if depending if the team is really into it or not. Um, in Sweden, they're starting to hire guys to get those data and work those tools or collect their own data and you know um, get the best benefits possible. In Finland as well and in Russia as well. In even the Czech Republic as well, and and DL German as well. So in Switzerland, we're not there yet, I believe. Um, when you're listening to coaches and talking to coaches, I mean, there's you know the, obviously the budget aspect, but you know coaches they have their putting their own system they've been using for pretty much as long as they've been coaching, and and, and they have like their own tool like knowing who, who was on the ice for every scoring chances and then they get a plus minus for scoring chances. Like that guy was on the ice for minus two scoring chances, that kind of stuff. And they, they consider it's enough for them, you know, because they look at the game, they look at the video and they get their own point of view and they know what they're doing. They're professional, they're professional coaches. So, But the way it works in other leagues, usually with big, big, big club, big organizations, is that you get so one or a couple of analysts that are either looking at the stats collected by, by a provider, like 49 News, like SportLogic, or collecting their own data as well, in addition or in replacement. And then the analysts are providing a report to one of the assistant coaches. And then the assistant coach in charge of that is going to get the, that, that statistical report and combine it with his own or her own um, report on a game, on the scouting of the team, on the scouting of the player, and transfer that information to the head coach. You know, it's like a pyramid. Uh, and then in, in, in those situations, you have one additional human resources, an analyst, that is actually providing a full, full-time work worth of insight and knowledge and data and whatever you want. And it also helps the other coaches that do not have to cut on their own time to go through the data. Somebody is going to do it for, for them. 
somebody who they can trust. That's how it works in those big teams. Yes, perfect. So maybe now we'll get to the next question, with what, which was the one by Scott Econ. So projected analytical darlings of the current season that are not Jan Kovar, the Swiss MVP. So uh, we got ourselves uh, a little list of import players that we think are or could be uh, analytical darlings. So maybe Thibaut first. Um, well, it's only been like three games for some teams or even two games. But uh, so far, among the guys that we had projected very high, um, Brandon Cousin from Embry is doing well, obviously. Um, so he was projected, I think, at 52 points and now he's on track for 53, so that he's doing okay. Um, on defense, we had also a couple of players that we thought would be uh, really productive, at least offensively. So we had Yakovenko that plays in Bin. Bien. We had Gernat that plays in Lausanne, and we have uh, also Yetanen that plays in Embry. And for all three of them, we had them projected above 35 points, I, I, yeah. I think. Yeah, and they're still on track for that. Uh, so Yetanen is, is still projected at 36. I think it was 35 at the beginning of the season. Uh, Yakovenko is, at, is on track for 37, Gernat 38. Just to get a perspective, we have Tomernes at 40 and Gunderson at 42. And that's the, that's the best you can do in terms of defenseman. Noro is at 36. Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of just beyond points and analytical darning, um, Yetanen was supposed to be a very effective two-way defenseman, you know, very responsible with the puck, don't make any mistakes very impactful and so far from the two games I've watched personally and tracked uh, he's been that he's been he's very 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 effective for Embry he's on the he's on the top power play unit as well uh, so he's shooting the puck he's transitioning the puck very well so he is impressive he's impressive so far you got someone Cedric? no uh, no I would say that is all and lastly we had another question by Mathieu Brousseau that kind of looks the same but it was which player could dominate the league in the years to come and that we do not hear a lot about why not Marco Lehmann yeah so Matt uh, Mathieu was working with me on, on Magnus Corsi and uh, he actually tracked uh, track data for Switzerland last season so a little bit of the database is from him uh, he, he has found in love with uh, Marco Lehmann last year, which is a kind of an analytical darling for sure. He's a, he's a good player. He has a great impact on position of the puck on both sides of the well, of the ice, offensively, defensively. Um, he's in the top 10 percentage for play building as well, and he's a great uh, passing guy in, in the offensive zone. Um, so in terms of prospects, really, that's more of the question. Who's... Who's the one for you that we don't hear about enough? In terms of prospect, I would say that we don't hear enough about uh, Mike Mikai Nauer that plays in Bern. So we had him, yeah, ranking quite high in many categories last year uh, for Bern. So he, he was in the top ten person 
uh, in terms of transition. He was in the top 10 person in the league in terms of play building in the offensive zone. So he was quite a complete player, at least in the offensive side of the play. So we also know that he was near nearly drafted uh, at the end of the season. So yeah, yeah. I don't know if you want to add something about him, Thibaut. No, that's 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 one guy. Yeah, I, I was thinking about as well. Yeah, he. I mean, they they've had some injuries obviously last year in Bern, and uh, so his ice time was probably higher than expected at the beginning of the season. But he really made the best of it, and sadly got injured obviously at some point of the season but uh, yeah he was pretty much impressive um, in all of those aspects I mean for a young guy obviously everybody talked about Yanis Moser last, last year but uh, Anouar is pretty much the same age and uh, he was playing for a lower team last season with everything that happened in Bern but uh, he made really the, the most of it he was playing on the top or playing unit at some point and uh, I really like his speed and um, and what he does with the puck is he has been starting the season a bit lower in the roster because, well, they got everybody um, in good shape right now in Bern, except for uh, Eric Bloom, obviously. But, uh, but he's a young guy and Bern is pretty, is pretty full on the right side of defense right now with, uh, you know, Kelly Anderson, Ramon Untersander, obviously, and they got Roman Laufel from next season. But on the left side... Um, and our could be a guy and that's why obviously they signed him they extended him last season because he was playing really well uh, and maybe they thought he, got, he was going to be drafted and uh, he was in the list of a few guys I've talked to in the NHL so but his side was his size was a bit of an issue <laughs> still is sadly these days but yeah that was one guy I was thinking about yeah and they also have a nice project in Bern with the new coaching staff so from what we hear, uh, you could fit there pretty well for this season and next seasons as well. Yeah, Bern is on a project run, so if we look at two, three years down the road, he should be one of the top guys there. And we had one last question that was asked by Cherum on Twitter. So he asked us if there was going to be an application uh, of analyzed data at some point. And I would say at least not in this 2021 year, but uh, that's something that we have to, yeah, that we want to keep in mind and that we plan on doing at some point. So I don't have any planning at the moment, but yeah, at some point, I think we'll get uh, an application out of it. That's on your side, so I'm I'm not going to promise anything. (laughs) (laughs) We actually just got a question from Blister on Twitter. Um, asking what is the advantage of including misses in your expected goals model that's a bit technical and how good bad is the shot tracker from the league compared to your manual tracking well big questions uh, big question and we don't want to offend anybody um, to be clear the league is tracking shots live during the game they got people on Previously on iPads in, in the arena, now they're all in the, in the 49ing offices. And just imagine you're watching a game on the screen and you have to manually track. I don't know if they're still using iPad or whatever screen they're on. And so there is a guy entering the offensive zone and he takes a shot and then he takes a second shot on a rebound. And while this is happening, you have to point with your finger or your mouse, whatever, where the shot was. And if it was like 
uh, missed or blocked or if it was a save from the from the goaltender or a goal or whatever and then the second shot is happening like half a second after it's really hard it's really really hard but that's that's what they have to do obviously that's the only solution they have to provide live stats the luxury we have ourselves is that like i mentioned a couple of times if that the same sequence happened i can stop the video after the second shot, make sure I get the right position for the first shot. Then I can click play again, watch the rebound shot, make sure I got the right position, make sure um, like was the goalie moving or you know when he did he, did the guy cross the rubber roads, any additional stats we're tracking ourselves. And I can go back and watch the whole sequence again if I want to. So that's that's a that's a big luxury. And that's why sometimes we we show that the league um, tracking can have like maybe two to three meters difference in where the, the shot was, and uh, but that's just the way they have to do it, you know. So yeah, I think that's that is also a question of uh, resources. I mean, that's not to criticize people who tracked these games or these shots. Because we know that it's tough. As Thibaut said, we have the luxury to pause and come back and etc. So it's easy for us. But yeah, when you're live in the arena, it's quite a different job. And well, maybe we should not criticize statisticians that were tracking live, but maybe the lack of statisticians that was present at the arena. So that's maybe two different subjects. Yeah, and honestly, we don't know how many people they have. Like, when people were still tracking in the arena, um, they used to have, like, two to three people tracking stuff. Like, you have one guy for shot, you have one guy for time on ice, you have one guy for whatever the rest. Um, what they do in soccer, for example, in the, the big, like, uh, Opta company that is tracking all the leagues for, for soccer, European football, sorry. Um they have like five to six guy per game tracking live and everybody's responsible for one side of the game and they usually do a second pass after to make sure everything was right or nothing was missed uh, something like this but they have bigger resources you know and financial uh resource as well to do that um just quickly the other question the advantage of including misses in your expectable model um quickly so yeah we maybe come back to that in other, other episode but i just want to say so in my own expectables model uh, personally that is based on uh, like the last two years of data all the shots that happened in the league i include all shot attempts so that includes missing the net obviously um because i want to i want to take into account every time a team was in position to take a shot. Every time a player thought that, okay, I'm good enough now, I'm going to take a shot. And what happens after that, maybe the guy is a, is a bad shooter and is just going to miss the net even if he's like five meters from the net, the net is wide open. But if the thing is, his team built a play that allowed him to be at five meters from the net with a wide open net. If he misses the net after that, that's on the player, but the team should be rewarded for creating this this situation. So that's that. That was my thinking of including everything, everything, every shot attempt. 
The second thing, and, uh, and uh, I give the mic to Cedric after to get his perspective, is that when you talk to goaltenders, they're, they're always pretty mad to just get shots on net taken into account for them on obviously the save percentage that everybody knows. Because the job of a goaltender most of the time is to be to put himself in front of the puck so the save is as easy as possible for them. And that's why when you get like a goaltender make a save with his torso and it doesn't look impressive, it's not like a glove save, but he did a really good job because he was in front of the puck in the first place. And the same thing is if the goaltender is in perfect position and there is absolutely no hold to put the puck in the back of the net for the shooter and then the shooter is going to try to get that little corner at the top right or top left because that's the only way he can score a goal and then he's just going to miss the net because that's just way too difficult. It's because the goaltender did a good job. So when I every time I, I say to goaltender, yeah, I include um, shot misses and I give you credit for those, and they, oh, that's great. That's great because that's my job to make shooters miss the net, actually. So that was that was one thing. What do you think? Yeah, I'm in the same perspective as you. So that's why I also include all the kind of shots in my model. I think we should, as you said, reward teams for creating offense for putting themselves in good position to score. So I would say that makes totally sense to include all these kind of shots. But uh, for example, if we talk about the NHL, they don't have the position of the blocked shots. They have the position of the player who blocked the shot. So you you don't, yeah, you can't use that information to for your uh, expected goal models. So you have two different kind of models, and we also know that in Switzerland, for example, uh, 49ing at least on the league's website isn't using uh, block shots for its expected goal models. So you have different kind of expected goals models, and with the, with Thibaut, we we agree that we should use all kind of shots to to generate our uh, expected goal models. Yeah, we'll, we'll go back uh, maybe to that in, a, in another episode and uh, we fully intend to get an article about what are expecting goals in, in the near future. Uh, I think that's it for the opening episode. Uh, we hope we answered all of your questions. Um, Cédric, that was fun. Let's do it again. Yeah, let's do it again. So if you have any question, remark or even technical question about how to subscribe on our website, at us. So just don't hesitate to ask. Uh, we're available by email on uh, social media, so shoot your question if you have some. And uh, we will try to get back to you uh, sooner than later with a new podcast. So, Thibault, maybe about that one? Yeah, um, we don't want to get any give any dates yet, because uh, we want to make sure the website is up and running. Uh, and even if everything is online, we have some new stuff we are developing. We want to add on the website, and obviously we want to track as many games as possible. So, but as soon as we have the time in the next two weeks, we'll do another episode, probably in French. But we intend to do other things like um, Twitch lives, video lives, maybe uh, maybe video capsule as well to get a recap on a game or something like that. We're we're open to every suggestion, and we're gonna try some stuff. So yeah, talk to you soon. And goodbye, everyone. Yeah, see you later.